Hi everyone and welcome to the Perma Podcast. I am James Prescott, your host. Um, I'm delighted to welcome a fellow podcaster and author to the podcast today. His name is Matthew Bruff and uh, he's from Winnipeg in Canada and he is a pastor, an author and a podcaster. Um, he writes a lot of fiction and he has a podcast called Spirituality for Normal People, which is a really cool name for a podcast, I've got to say. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so uh, welcome to the podcast, Matthew. Oh, thanks, James. It's so great to be on with you and thanks for having me on. No, you're welcome. Yeah, I got to be on um, Matt's podcast um, recently as well. Um, it's a great podcast. I definitely recommend it. So, um, so yeah, tell us a bit about your story, uh, Matt. And um, yeah, about what you Yo, do, who you are. And like you said, I'm a I'm a pastor um, in a small church in Winnipeg, which is right in the middle of Canada. And um, and yeah, I I got into writing a few years ago and uh, started to really uh, dig in a little bit into some ideas around uh, creativity and faith um, and started out writing fiction. Um, So I've written a couple of books that are fantasy books for middle grade readers. Um, And last year, uh, just over a year ago, actually, I took a sabbatical um, four months and I thought I would get lots of writing done um, and didn't, <laughs> but uh, yeah, but did a lot of thinking and and kind of looking forward to uh, and started kind of put together uh, how ministry and preaching and writing were going to go together. And I, those were really separate things for me. I was kind of using writing as an escape from uh, from my regular work um, and started to put those things together. So two more books kind of resulted from some of that, um, which wow. were. Uh, let God be God and let God be present. So nonfiction books and also the podcast. Um, so I started that up fairly recently in the last few months. Um, and that is really just uh, exploring, talking about uh, spiritual practices, what people do in their in their regular life to stay connected to God. And I always tell people that in brackets in my podcast, it's spirituality for normal people. Um, and then in brackets, not that anyone is normal. Uh, <laughs> yes. Absolutely, that's what I was thinking. Actually, like when I when I when I when I first saw the the title of your podcast, I was like, "Yeah, which of us is actually normal, though?" Like, yeah, nobody. There's got, there's got to be a bit. There's got to be a bit of sarcasm, kind of, you know, irony behind that comment. Definitely. Um, yeah, even in even in the graphic, if you if you look at the art for it, um, normal. The word normal is a different color and then slightly off kilter from the rest of the uh, graphic. Yeah, so right. it was kind yeah. of just a. A way of saying, oh, what are we really talking about here? Uh, <laughs> but part of it just came from me. Uh, I used to struggle a lot with the idea of spirituality. I didn't even like the word um, and just thought it's not for me. I'm just somebody who's just trying to. I, I grew up in the church, grew up a Christian, and I'm just someone who tries to do my best to follow Jesus. And I didn't think that that I, that, that was about spirituality um, and didn't realize that I needed spiritual practices in my life to ground me in my faith and to help me just in my life as a human being. Um, and I've come to realize that spirituality is really part of everyone's life, whether, whether they think it is or not. Um, so that's kind of where that, the idea for the podcast came out of that is just my own struggle with not really being that comfortable with the idea of spirituality to begin with. So, Mm. so what was it that changed things for you? What, what kind of circumstances, what kind of, process did you go through to to have that change 
Yeah, I think I think it's a few things. I mean, one, it, it, if you go far enough back, um, there was a, a book that I read, it, which is one of the best books I read. Actually, it, it's really a, it's really more of a church leadership book. Um, one of the best books I've ever read with the worst title ever. Um, and so I'm not necessarily promoting. It's called Power Surge by a, a Lutheran minister named uh, Michael Foss, I think. Yeah. And uh, and he wrote about six spiritual practices. He really just called it six things that you should probably be doing as a follower of Jesus. And it was basic, basic stuff like reading the Bible and praying and being in community and worshiping and uh, serving. So it, it was just these basic things. And I'd never really, I thought, well, I'd try to do those things, but I hadn't really connected those things with spirituality. I, I hadn't seen them as spiritual things, but they are. Um, which is kind of a strange thing to say that I didn't think that praying was really a spiritual thing. Um, and so I, that was a long time ago where I, where I got that book, but it was really on my sabbatical when I started realizing that these are things that I really need in place in order to be finding my own personal value. Um, and also to just have a sense of joy about five weeks into my sabbatical, I really kind of had a sense of joy returning back into my life from having the break and the time off. Mm. And I just thought, Oh, wow, this is what joy feels like. And when was the last time I felt this way? And it was hard to remember the last time I felt that way. So even this is why one of the things that I think is really important now through that learning is Sabbath and having time off as that also being a, a spiritual practice and a spiritual discipline yeah. to, discipline ourselves to take the time off and have the break. Um, and that really being a way of unlocking some of the other things. So I've gotten into other stuff as well that I didn't used to really be that interested in. Like I do a lot of uh, prayer walking now. So I see walking and, and praying is connected. And, um, and then I also walk labyrinths and things like that. Um, look for those opportunities. And I used to think, Oh, a labyrinth, that seems kind of I don't know, new agey and weird or something like that. But I've, I've found a lot of life just doing it. And, and often I start just thinking, oh, this is silly. Why am I doing this? I, I don't know why I'm walking through this labyrinth today. And as I go through, usually by the end of it, I'm getting a sense of, of oh, God has been with me on this walk. And it's almost like a metaphor for life, you know, that we're walking through life and there's a path that we're to follow that's laid out for us. And it's, it's how do we sense what that path is from, from God. Um, so I found a ton of life in, in that practice in particular. Um, so I think that's yeah. really, some of that is just a longer journey, but the shorter journey is, is having this sabbatical and really to think through, well, you know, where do we find joy has been a real part of that exploration. Yeah. I was going to, I was going to ask you about your spiritual practices. I mean, like, I know you talk about going on, going for walks and, and a lot of these other things that you've mentioned. Is there anything like you just little habits that you have, like something you do every morning, you know, something you yep. do when you get up before you go to work or before you go to whatever it is, like your daily routine is, yep. you know, yep. um, that, you know, that yeah, you kind most, of recommend to other people maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Most, most mornings I will, um, I will read, uh, from the Bible and when I'm going through a time where maybe I've missed a few mornings, um, because that happens to me fairly frequently, <laughs> um, I will, uh, I'll go back to the Psalms usually as my sort of grounding place um, and start reading through the Psalms. And I will just, I won't worry about accomplishing a task. I will just read usually just one Psalm. And if I want to read another one, then I will. 
Um, and uh, so, I, so I find that very, very helpful because I find the Psalms really express uh, a really full range of human emotion. And so you can usually find something in the Psalm that is expressing uh, something that is true about, about yourself or how you might be feeling. Um, so I, so I do that. So reading first thing in the morning and it doesn't have to be long, I remind myself that it doesn't take a long time. Mm. And prayer is part of my morning uh, routine as well. And lately, uh, that'll change from time to time. But lately, I've been trying to pray a really simple prayer um, and just doing a one sentence prayer, making sure I pray that same prayer every day. So the mm. prayer that I've been praying is come Holy Spirit and fill me with your joy. Wow. And that's been it. Um, I love it. And I and I have to say the days that I miss, I get to the end of the day sometimes and I feel like, oh, well, it wasn't a very good day today. And then I remember, oh, I didn't pray asking for God to give me joy and I didn't read my Bible today. And if I go a few days, I start to get pretty down. Um, and, I'm, you know, I think when I do it, it's not a guarantee of feeling happy. Like, absolutely not. I don't believe in that. I don't think we can say magic prayers and suddenly everything's wonderful. Um, mm. but I, but I feel like my percentage is better. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I feel like, I feel like if I, if I do that consistently, I'm on a higher percentage of the time, I'm actually experiencing uh, the joy that, that comes from God. And rather than me having to try to manufacture my own happiness or, or buy it, which I think lots of people try to do, um, or take value from things like, uh, only my work or from other people's validation and things like that is, is try to sense that this is only going to come from God who does love me and does care about me and already values me just because I'm a child of God. Um, so that practice really helps me with that is just praying that one simple prayer, come Holy Spirit, fill me with your joy. That's fantastic. I think the thing with those kind of things is what you say, it's not like that gives a guarantee. It's like, if I ask God, then he'll do something. I think it's more what saying these prayers does for us. Because I've mm-hmm. done something similar where I've had a little meditation in the morning where I've just practiced slow breathing and, um, yeah, just taking some space. Um, yeah. And, you know, read the Bible and everything. And yeah. it's more what it does to me, I've noticed. Like, what it does to my soul, what it does to my even from a physical perspective, what it does to my body. Um, Because it just centres me. Um, And I think, yeah, and I'm thinking, because the whole whole idea that we ask God and then he does something, and if we don't ask then he doesn't do something, is kind of a bit anti-grace. So I I like, yeah, I think it's more what it does. Well, I think C.S. Lewis said, it's not, prayer isn't about changing God, it's about changing us. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't. I don't pray to God to change God, but I pray to God to change me. Um, and and I also think that like I'm really much more interested in the prayers now that 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 maybe open myself up to what God may be saying or what God may be doing in the world. So prayers that maybe help me to open my eyes a little bit to what may be going on and what God might be up to. Um, so I will. Uh, this isn't necessarily a daily uh, part of a morning routine. Um, but my prayer walking, usually what I will do is at the beginning of going on a walk and praying, I don't, I don't take lists of prayers. I definitely pray those prayers while I'll be praying for, uh, someone I know who is sick or I, you know, I, for sure I'll pray for, for that. But when I go on a prayer walk, I usually pray a question and I will simply 
you know, I'll pray, God, what do you have in store for me today? Or, um, and, you know, and sometimes there, sometimes there's actually an answer, you know, not always it's, you know, (laughs) sometimes it's just a nice 20 minute walk and wow, I've been outside and that's great. Um, but other times there's, there's something that I'm sensing that, oh yeah, this is something that God wants me to do or be involved with or be aware of. Um, but praying a question has really helped me with that rather than praying, here's my own agenda is trying to say, well, what might God's agenda be? Uh, and, and, and praying through that, um, I, I found that to be very helpful. That's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, so talking about, uh, a little bit about your, your writing. Um, mm-hmm. so tell us a bit more about the books that you've written, um, and kind of where they came from. Um, in particular, I think we'd like to, I'd like to hear about all of the books, you know, but in particular the fact that you're the fiction ones, because I think that's something that you told me that before that uh, you're really passionate about and um, interested yeah. in. So tell us a bit about that. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to talk about my fiction because I don't actually get a, a lot of opportunity to talk about the fiction, um, at least not uh, on podcasts and things like that. Um, the fiction is for um, middle grade readers, which is really grades four around grade four to grade six. So maybe 10 years old is the, is the best age. And I'm finding that, that it's that age and then adults who really like the book. Um, teenagers, not so much, um, because I think there may be, I think adults don't mind reliving their childhood and teenagers don't want to have anything to do with that. So I've discovered that through, through writing the books. Um, but, uh, the reason why I got into into writing fiction, I had tried to write for years and years, and uh, you know, I would I would get so far, and I try all kinds of different styles, fiction and nonfiction, and I really did think that I was going to write something about God, and which I have now done, but I just I hadn't gotten very far. I'd written lots of sermons, and I'd written articles and things like that, but I was trying to write something longer and try to get into a book. Um, and eventually I got to the point where uh, I'd started out on yet another story and got about four pages in, I think, and then just abandoned it. And I thought, well, maybe not. It's not going to happen. And um, eventually I just started working on this on this other story and I got it in my head. I would I would write a story that I think my daughter would like to read when uh, someday uh, she was five years old when I started uh, kind of planning out this this story, um, and and I thought, well, I should aim it at age ten because it's probably going to take me that long to finish this because I've never been able to finish anything. Uh, and I think I got the motivation right, just having my daughter in mind and wanting to write really just for her. Um, in three months, I had the first draft of, of an entire book uh, done, and I'd never finished anything before. And so within six months, I ended up uh, independently publishing the book um, within six months of starting. So uh, I think I struck on the right story. And then I since sort of just fell in love with the characters. And, and, and now I just love writing fiction and, um, and, you know, published two in that series. And I'm working on the third one now. Uh, and just and just love doing it, uh, and so it's a it's a fantasy book. Um, I have a lot of most of my inspiration is from really C.S. Lewis and Tolkien, like a lot of fantasy writers and a lot mm. of uh, uh, Christian fantasy writers as well. Sure. Um, so it's so it's reminiscent of that, um, 
but uh, but it, it was really just for my for my daughter. That was that was kind of the inspiration behind it. It's yeah. fascinating that people you say that because I think so many people have heard I've heard so many fiction authors say the reason they started writing was because they wanted a story to tell their children. You know, yeah. J.K. Rowling I think started writing Harry Potter for yeah. her children. You know, it was yeah. that's all it was. You know, to start with. Mm. Um, and um, it's fascinating, you know, that these stories don't get birthed out of, oh, I want to I wanna make a big career out of being a writer and sell loads of books. It's more, I just want stories to tell my kids. You know? yeah. I'm not necessarily um, opposed to having a big career as a writer. That, oh, no, 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 fine, not at all. No, neither am I. That's not necessarily where it started. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah, no, it's, just, it's a kind of, it's birthed out of love rather than yeah. anything else, which is kind of a beautiful thing. Yeah, it also helps. Uh, it also helps ground you a little bit when um, I, I've had lots of great reviews of the book, but you get some reviews where people are not, uh, you know, don't enjoy it, um, and so that can be disheartening. Um, but I think if I connect to the reason I originally wrote the story, you know, um, you know, I actually I think one of my reviews uh, said that it's you know an American derivative of Narnia or something like that and was being kind of uh, uh, down on that. Um, and I thought, well, first of all, I'm Canadian, so I don't, you know, it's not American. But uh, uh, but I, but if I connect to my daughter, I kind of think, you know what, she enjoys this story and I know her and that's who I'm writing for. So that really helps me uh, sort of stay stay grounded in, in, uh, in what I'm doing it for. And, and then I also have found my own joy and love in the writing and, um, and the discovery of the story as well. Cause I find that when you write fiction, especially, um, my characters do things that surprise me <laughs> that I wasn't expecting them to do. And I just love that. Uh, I think I, I, th- I think I'm the one writing this, but suddenly they're doing something that I wasn't expecting them to do. Yeah. It's interesting. It's isn't a lot of fun. We create these, we create these characters, but then they just go off and do their own thing. It's like, yeah, like children, you know, like yeah. we bring these people to life, and then suddenly they just don't. We don't get a choice anymore of, of what they do and where they go, you know. Um, yeah. yeah. And it's weird. It's a strange thing with char- fictional characters, you know, um, but they, they just kind of take on the life of their own. Yeah. Um, it's fascinating. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never actually written fiction myself, um, but I'd like to. It's something that I'd like to do in the future, for sure. Um, so it's interesting hearing from mm. you about that. And I mean, how has that impacted your spiritual journey, and how tied into your spiritual journey is is your fiction? Like, that's a that's actually a great question, um, because I I think it has impacted it partly just. Um, some of it actually is through conversations that, that the fiction writing has opened up and sort of where that's led um, around having those kinds of books out there and, and who I get to interact with because of that. Um, so I'll maybe answer that. That's actually the easier question to answer than the writing itself. So maybe I'll, I'll let you know about that. But uh, <laughs> yeah. um, but you can bring me back. But one I'll of the things that I wasn't expecting to do was um, I've gone and visited a bunch of schools um, and kind of done author visits and told them about the books and sort of what are some of the inspirations behind the books, including Narnia and Lord of the Rings, but also things like Star Wars, which I grew up on, and yeah. Wizard of Oz is another inspiration in the book. Um, and uh, so I get to talk to kids, which which is great. 
Um, and I didn't think I was going to enjoy that as much as I have. Uh, but where that kind of connects to my own faith as well, as I've realized, I now have, there's a whole new group of people that I get to talk to. And the thrust of my talk is not necessarily around faith. Um, I've gone to some Christian private schools, and, and in those contexts, we, we will talk about me being a pastor, and we'll talk about God. And in the public schools, we don't, we don't go there. Um, but, uh, but the main thing that I try to talk about is enjoying reading. And I was, I was a reluctant reader when I was a kid. I didn't, and I still read very slowly. Um, and so I just try to encourage them to stick with reading and to encourage them to try books and, uh, and to try out all kinds of different books. And I say, like, it might not be for me, it was fantasy books, but it could be something totally different. Um, mm. for, for you. Uh, so I, I've loved doing that. And it sort of made me realize that a lot of, like a lot of ministry being a pastor is about relationships. And mm. so for me, whether we're talking directly about God or not, I get to go into those situations and create relationships and be, even for a few moments, have some influence in the lives of young people for the positive and for the good. Um, and then make connections with librarians and teachers and things like that. Um, and most of the librarians and teachers, the kids don't tend to ask, well, do you have another job? Because you go there as a writer and they think, well, you're an author. That's what you are. Um, but, you know, most most authors have have other jobs unless they're the big name, uh, you know, been or, or been doing it for a really long time. Uh, and so but the librarians and teachers tend to know that and they know that I'm a pastor. So there's been some times where I've had conversations with librarians and teachers that have been uh, maybe peripherally about faith. And so that's been really interesting to just sort of see that my relationship network grow a little bit um, and uh, and that I have the opportunity to, to speak positively into the lives of those people. So that's been, that's been really great. Um, oh, but that may not be what you were asking. I don't know. No, no it's, inter- I mean, it's always interesting to hear what, what happens as a result of us creating something. It's, you know, it's, because we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know how it's going to impact us. We don't know what, you know, is not... Because you're not just creating a book, in a sense. You're creating something in your life, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, because well, I, I, I should say, I think also um, just the fact of... Because you're, cause this podcast is about creativity as well as, as spirituality. And just the fact of, of creating something and going through that creative activity, I think has had an impact on my on my spirituality. And realizing that when you are creating, you're you're in some way tapping into. Um, I, I believe that you're tapping into the creative power of God, um, and creativity looks different for me. I I've found that a part of me has come alive through fiction writing, in particular, um, nonfiction a little bit as well, but really much more through the fiction. And I think that could be anything for anyone. That might be some kind of craftsmanship or. Um, could be painting or, or something else for others. Um, for me, that's really been been the writing that, that where that's kind of come alive for me. Um, I also realized that um, for me as well that uh, that God can't, didn't stay out of my story. I didn't I didn't intend to infuse religion or spirituality or anything like that into into my fantasy books. Um, and I didn't have a character planned that was sort of the God character, but he showed up. <laughs> so I, he does that, that yeah. was kind of, yeah. And I just thought this is actually not just in my story, but this is how life is. 
um, that I find that God shows up unexpectedly sometimes. So that's kind of become a feature of my fiction stories is that I tend to not plan out too much when uh, his name is Mr. Thicket is the is the the guy who is basically representing God in the in the fantasy world. Um, and uh, I, I tend to not plan when he's going to show up. And initially he wasn't even planned as a character, but just sort of showed up at these uh, maybe unexpected times, um, mm. sometimes when the characters need him most, but maybe they don't know they need him most. Um, and so it, that, that maybe is just something that is embedded within me and just sort of came out in the fiction. And I thought that was really interesting to sort of see that process happen. Um, so yeah. some of it is just sort of this creativity coming alive, but also just mm. sort of seeing how God might be at work through it. Yeah, I, I, I've always said that there's, I think there's endless connections between spirituality and creativity. I mean, cre- I mean, I believe everything is spiritual. So you'd say, so I would say creativity is spiritual. It's a spiritual mm, act, yeah. you know. But um, but certainly there are connections between our spiritual journey and our creative journey. Um, and um, I mean, how? I mean, I know that you just in our conversations, you said to me that. Um, you're really interested in how art helps us have a better understanding of God. Um, mm. I mean, how has that worked for you? Like, not just not just your books, but you know, doing a podcast and any other creative work that you've done, and your interactions with art generally. How have they kind of helped you understand God better? Yeah. I, at first, I should say, like, it's kind of funny because I, I'm doing a podcast on spirituality, and now I'm having conversations about creativity, and I think back to when I was a teenager and even and even in my 20s, maybe even into my 30s, and I could not stand things like poetry. I didn't want to look at, you know, pieces of art. I thought that was a waste of time. I was really interested in science and math and computer science. And that's got its own sense of art to it as well. But um, I, I wasn't interested in any of that stuff. So I don't know. It's funny. I don't know how quite how I've gotten to this place of, of this is kind of my main my main interest. Um but but I think like you, there, I think there are endless connections between between art and spirituality or creativity and spirituality. Um, I think as well that when you start to think about the creation itself, um, you know the the created world, the created universe, uh, this is a fundamental way of understanding who God is is as creator. and um, and so we, I mean, human beings as well, are sort of these master works of, of God um, that God has created or all things that God has created. And so I think when we engage in creativity or when we see something um, that has been created or is artwork, then we, we have a sense or when we participate in that, I guess, if we are a writer or we're an artist, you're getting a bit of a glimpse into what it is like to be a creator um, and what it is like to to care about something and what it is like to have something that reflects back a piece of who you are. So for me, when someone reads uh, a story that I've written or even listens to a podcast episode, then they're getting a glimpse into who I am. They're not just, it's not just an artifact. It's not just a Mm -hmm. a conveyor of information there's a there's a relationship there. And yeah. I don't think I really got that so much until I was the one producing some of these things. 
Um, Mm. Then I realized, oh, there's people on the other side of that. So it's helped me in my reading of books, for instance, realizing when I read a book, it's not just the information that I'm getting out of the book. I'm actually now in a conversation with the author behind that book. Um, And then bringing that back to God, I've realized that same thing about scripture, but also about when we are in creation and we're enjoying, uh, you know, a walk in the forest or we're enjoying a beach or, or whatever it is, we're not just enjoying that thing. We're also enjoying the one behind that thing. Um, and so we're connecting with God because God is the creator of those things. Or, um, for me, I'll believe that the Bible is the word of God. And I mean, we can have debates about how you understand that. Um, but for me, God is behind the scripture. So when I read the scripture, I'm not just trying to get information or trying to, Oh, how do I apply this to my daily life? That's secondary to, well, now it's a conversation that I get to have with the one behind this text. Um, and I don't think I got that in the same way until I was, until I was someone who was behind the text. Um, yeah. When you're interacting with the thing, you're not interacting with the thing, you're interacting with the thing behind the thing. Yeah. There's always something, yeah, that's it. Oh, yeah. So when you're interacting with creation, you're not interacting with creation, you're interacting with the one behind creation in the first place. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, yeah that's, that's an amazing thing. When actually, yeah, when you're interacting with something that's created, you're actually interacting with the person who created it. So yeah. when, you're, when you're interacting with a book, you're interacting with the person who wrote the book. You know. Right. When you watch a film, you're interacting with the, the writer and the director and the, all the people involved in creating that movie. Yeah. You know, and it's the same with God's creation. Um, yeah, that's a really, wow. Yeah, that's brilliant. Um, that's so true so true um, yeah fantastic so okay so this is one word of encouragement or kind of wisdom that you'd offer to people on the kind of creative and spiritual journey what would that be hmm. uh, I, you know I it might be maybe cliche a little bit but have grace with yourself um, I, for me, God is ultimately gracious with us, and um, and I think we need to we need to reflect that. And first of all, with, with ourselves. I mean, we we want to be gracious with with others as well. Mm. But I think especially, um, you know, I, being a writer as well, I've got a chance to talk to more writers and more uh, creative, uh, you know, people who are involved in some sort of creative enterprise. And I, and I see a fair number of them who are pretty hard on themselves, mm. you know, whether that's we're not selling as much as we want to sell or, you know, my work is not really that good, um, when in fact, usually it is quite good um, and, and it can take a long time to, to do well. So I think um, for me, you know, I still get disappointed, you know, if I, if I put a book out there and it's not selling as much as I'd like, um, mm. you know, I still yep. get disappointed. Um, but I, and so maybe it's a reminder to myself as well that I, I make sure that my life is grounded in the grace of God. And then that needs to, that needs to reflect in how I, how I am with myself that, um, you know, I just put one book out and I'm really proud of this book and I'm already looking back on the first books and I think, Oh, they're not, they're not necessarily, they're not as good as I could do now. Um, yeah, and that's always the case with books. But that's okay. 
Um, yeah. And then I think in 10 years, I, I just keep thinking about 10 years from now and think, well, if I keep writing and keep getting books out there and keep putting out podcast episodes in 10 years, I'm going to be so much better than, than what I'm doing now as well. And uh, and won't that be wonderful? And there'll be some readers who will have stuck with me from the beginning and will still be there in 10 years. Um, and maybe I'll get a chance to see something that they've put out as well. Uh, so I get excited about that when I kind of look at long term. So long term and also just having grace with ourselves in the moment, because we're probably going to try and do the best we can right now. And uh, and there's always going to be criticism and there's always going to be um, disappointment um, but to take our cue from God, who doesn't value us based on our performance Absolutely. at all, um, and so we need to we need to take our cue from that and, and and be gracious with ourselves. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I love that. Thank you so much, Matt. It's been so good to uh, have a conversation with you, and um, yeah, I learned so much. We're so much on the same page. I, th- I feel. I yeah. feel it's kind of like yeah, um, yeah. It's really amazing. Then definitely we'll have you. Um, back on again and to talk about these oh, yeah. things more because I think there's a whole load of more things to talk about. So um, oh yeah, for sure. I would love um, to come back on, and it was great to have you on my podcast too. Yeah, um, I went uh, just just for people who are listening. When is my episode with you going to be going out? Um, uh, I think I can just check here. It is. Uh, well, when do you want it to go, James? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, no, I mean, well, um, I, it's I, probably I, going to be sometime in July, I think. Okay, that's great. That's 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 cool. So, if you're listening to this podcast, um, uh, you know, in in June or July, uh, in June, then it's coming. My podcast with Matt will be out next month. It's called um, it's called Spirituality for Normal People. Um, there's episodes out already. My one will be out in July. Um, if it's past July, then go back and have a look for it. If it's before July, don't go and look for it yet because I won't be, it won't be there yet. <laughs> oh, the benefits of doing live recordings. Um, so, exactly. um, so anyway, yeah, thanks uh, for coming on, Matt, and we'll have you back for sure. Um, and take care, everyone. Thanks for listening, and um, we'll talk again soon.